Hey friends, welcome to a beautiful new episode with my friend Amy Koretsky. I'm really excited about sharing this one because we talked about such a broad range of topics, all of which kind of really beautifully tie into what it means to have a healthy business and to do our own work of healing and transforming and sharing that with other people. So Amy is offering so many different modalities and she has found this way of weaving them together really beautifully and she also has of course a really interesting story of herself. So yeah, we met in New York and I'm super excited to share this interview with you and let you dive a little bit deeper into what Amy has to offer and share. I also have really exciting news, like so exciting, I'm like, ah. <laughs> so it's the blue moon today and it's also the day that we hit 30 Patreons. So 30 of you have decided to support my work and the podcast that I'm doing, the free monthly webinars and all the other content that I put out there and I can't tell you how grateful I am. So I've promised that when we um, hit 30 I'm going to make this podcast a weekly show which I'm super excited about because I have a ton of pre-recorded interviews that are ready to be edited and uploaded and all that and to be honest there is a ton of work reaching out to people interviewing them imagine managing the very different time zones that we're in um editing episodes and I know I'm not the very best at this and the sound quality could be better sometimes and that's definitely something I want to work on and then writing the show notes and then promoting it so there's just a lot that goes into it and I am incredibly grateful to be able to do this work and and have the resources to do so and you're really such an important part in that so thank you so so much I will do my very best to bring it out weekly and to get in touch with many many more amazing people that we can have conversations with because I think that's really powerful it's supportive um, to all of us to see that we're not alone and to see how we can share skills and learn from each other um, so if you want to become a Patreon, you can receive monthly ritual kits. Um, if you pledge $3 or more, um, they include things like planned uh, plant, uh, friend profiles, um, tarot spreads, there's always a tarot spread and an audio pep talk from me. And then there's a herbal recipe and a ritual that you can do as well as a playlist. And I'm always adding different things, so it will vary from month to month. But it should be a beautiful container for you to make your own magic and feel inspired by um, all the beautiful tools that we have available to us. There's also different tool, uh, tiers uh, in the Patreon, so if you want to pledge a little bit more, you can receive monthly readings from me, or you can have access to all my online courses, or you can meet me on Skype every month if you want to have a really nurturing one-on-one -on -one session with you, with me as you go through um, a transition maybe, or as you're feeling into a new stage in your life. Um, you can always cancel any time, and so this, this is not necessarily a long-term commitment, but it is regular income for me that enables me to do this work. So again, thank you so much, and I will stop talking now and just let you listen to today's show. Thank you. Bye. Hey, hey everyone. I am super excited to have my friend, friend Amy on the show again. <laughs> and I have to tell you, we did a recording once last year, which was also really beautiful. And I was really excited to share it. And then I noticed that I hadn't recorded it properly. So her voice was on the recording, but mine wasn't. But we were both just saying, it's so beautiful that we're speaking again now that some time has passed since then, because for both of us, Lots of stuff has happened and we're so excited to share a couple of those developments and just uh, talk about them and see where that leads us. But I want to tell you first how I met Amy, which is a beautiful story. So you might remember I was in New York last September and did a breathwork training with Erin Telford, which was really transformational. And it sounds like such a cliche thing to say, but I really don't have any better words. It was just transformational and really cool. And I met Amy there and I sat down next to her. Did you sit now next to me? I'm not sure anymore. But anyway, I, we were sitting down together in this huge circle and I was immediately, oh my God, this is a plant person as well. And we're so excited to meet you and get to know you. And then we had um, 
our hours photographed and we did a tarot reading by the river and we drank juice together and it was really cool. So I'm super excited to have you on the show today and I will hand it over to you now and let us tell you, tell us who you are and what you're doing. Oh, I love that intro so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me here. And yeah, I'll just start off by saying that um, Yaro's completely correct. I am a plant person. And so um, we, I think we both like sat under this like huge, gorgeous, like tree of some sort in Maha Rose. And I think we are both just like drawn to the energy of the plant and the tree. And we're like, we're going to be protected by these beautiful broad leaves and like in this healing space. So that's how we really connected. But my name is Amy Koretsky. Um, like I said, I'm a plant person. So I got into healing through herbalism, um, through a long and weaving road that I've been on over the past decade or so. I am an herbalist. I am a licensed acupuncturist, um, and I'm also a health coach. Um, I also do breath work and tarot, and as we'll get into in this conversation, it has been a long and winding road, and um, Right now, what I like to say is I am a wellness coach for mind, body, and business because I thoroughly and 100% believe that the health of our minds, bodies, and spirits are inextricable. I can't say the word, but they're intertwined completely with the health of our business. And when um, we can't really just have focus on the health of one without focusing on the health of the other. And so I really like working with business owners, um, specifically ones that are either non-binary or female identified that, um, that really put a focus on fueling their hustle with their health. Mm -hmm. That's super beautiful. Yes. And I totally agree. I've been thinking about this a lot this year about what it means to feel healthy in our bodies and our businesses at the same time. And also how deeply, yeah, like you said, how deeply interrelated these things are and how much of my own healing journey was really dependent in a way on me stopping to be employed and like doing my own thing and creating that space for myself. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing. I also always love to um, just ground us um, by asking where you are in the world right now and what nature is like around you. Um, in my, from my point of view, there's a bouncy castle behind you, <laughs> which I'm so sad no one can see. <laughs> and by bouncy castle, it's really a bed, but I guess a bed is kind of a type of a bouncy castle. Castle, so I'm totally into that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is actually a really interesting question right now because um, I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and right now we're recording in North America. It's winter time, and in Minnesota, it's very much winter time. But I'm actually in this moment in time in Southern California, and I've been here for almost a month. Um, I'm actually leaving to go back to Minnesota in a couple days, and. Um, nature around here is really interesting. So I'm technically like right outside of Palm Springs, California, which is about an hour and a half outside of LA. Um, technically, this is like the native territory that this is, is um, it's by the Agua Caliente Band of Cahuila Indians is what it's called. And it's really interesting territory that we're on because um, in, I've actually been doing a lot of research about this recently because I feel like it's really important to honor the ancestry of this land and the history of this land. And so, and it's a really interesting history here because in like the late 1800s, early 1900s, um, they, the reservation here was like extended to over like 30,000 acres of land and actually over like, I think around 700 acres of land or acres of the reservation are within the Palm Springs city limits, which like Palm Springs is a very like touristy, um, like snowbird sort of town. And so actually the tribe is the city's largest collective landowner, which is really interesting. So the way that the land is shaped here and owned is in this checkerboard pattern. And so if you look at like a map of Palm Springs and like who owns what land, there's actually a checkerboard pattern where it's like, this is owned by like um, tribal land and then this is like free land and this is tribal land. So actually like a large number of properties and businesses and homeowners um, in this area, like don't actually 
own the land that they're under, which a lot of like occupied territories, you know, like I live in Minnesota, which is like occupied Dakota territory, and I own a house and I technically own the land under that house. But here, um, people like own their houses, but they're actually on this like long, usually in the like 60 year lease things with leases with um, the Agua Caliente tribe. And so those leases have to get renewed like every 60 or 80 or 90 years. And so it's a really interesting um, way of doing it because the the tribe and the city are just like I was talking about our health and our businesses like being inextricably tied. That's kind of how they've done it here with the with the land um, owned by the city and the land owned by the tribes. So that has just been really, really interesting to me and totally off topic of what we're going to be talking <laughs> about during this podcast. But I've been um, it's been really important to me while I've been here in this land and like connecting with the nature of this land to also connect with the history of the land in that way. Yeah. As for nature, um, there's palm trees, there's Joshua trees not very far away. If I drive about like 30 minutes, there's tons of cacti everywhere. And like those three trees are, have so much medicine that I've been absorbing and learning from over the last month and I'm so tied to them in so many ways um there's also like flowers which like there are no flowers in Minnesota this time of year so it just brightens my life to be around so much greenery and to have it be warm enough that I actually can have my feet off and put my feet in the earth any day I want to which like would not be happening if I was in Minnesota right now too so I just feel so grateful and so appreciative of this land and being here right now yeah thank you for sharing all that that's really really exciting and i had the first day today as well of going into town without a coat and i was so excited so it is going to be time to be barefoot really soon i think yeah can i ask you a question about something okay so this is something that i've been thinking a lot about especially being here in this land where i can like put my bare feet on the earth anytime i want to it's like when i'm in minnesota it really it really is hard to like not be able to connect with nature in that same way when it's really cold out and you're really bundled up or there's like snow covering everything and like there's not that many like living things sprouting up from the earth and like the one way that I've found to kind of get around that is that there's this beautiful um, conservatory like a, a building that's made out of glass and there's tons of like plant life inside of it and I'll go sit in there for like an hour at a time just to like feel the humidity and like hang out with chlorophyll and whatnot but what do you do because I know that you live somewhere that gets snowy and cold and stuff so what do you do what do I do so um I think that the south of England has a worse rap than it deserves <laughs> because we do get a bit of the Gulf Stream in here which means that the winter is actually a lot milder than it would be in Germany which is where I'm from so there's continental climate in the north or like middle north of Europe like like Berlin for example is fucking freezing it's like really gray and it can be snowy for month and month and Brighton in the in the very south of England is actually a bit different what I really love here and I'm just looking out of the window is that I'm right by the sea so it feels like there's always movement in the sky um it's never this really bleak feeling where the sky is super gray and super low and you just feel really trapped so I feel like that's one thing that's really helping and then I'm living up on a hill at the edge of the city and I'm right at the edge of a very small woodland and it isn't, it's really not huge. Like you can probably walk through it in like an hour. Um, but I am so intimately connected to it. And I, I feel like I really have a relationship with those trees. Even in winter, I go visit them and, and I feel like we, we have this relationship and I can, you know, I can see things developing and blooming or turning inwards in winter. Um, so I think, and then also having a dog like you do, that really helps. There's just no way I can ever avoid going outside and being in the woods. I go every single day, like snow or rain, or like I don't care. 
And I think the other thing that helps is, it sounds silly, but having really good rain gear and just really having a think about what enables you to be comfortable in nature for longer periods of time in winter. Like I've, I've got really good rainproof boots that are amazing for hiking in, in, in the mud. <laughs> and then I have a really cool raincoat that doesn't make these yucky sounds that many raincoats make because, you know, it's like, it's, um, like oiled canvas or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's really like quite soft and it feels natural, but it's keeping me absolutely dry in winter. So I feel like in the past when I was living in cities and winter came, there was this real sense of disconnection from nature. And like some of that is beautiful, you know, turning inwards, really thinking about how we can make our homes more cozy, lighting candles and like cooking this really like fruity warm food but usually by Christmas I'm like okay I don't right, know. yeah <laughs> totally no I love what you said about like really still connecting with the plants even in the winter time and it's something that I don't think I really thought about a lot because like I I have a dog also and I love like going hiking with her that's like our favorite thing to do and in the summertime I feel very connected to the plants but I really think that going forward, I want to be more conscious about connecting with those same plants, even when they're in their like dormant stage, because that doesn't mean that they don't need love, even when they're sleeping. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm often thinking, and I would love to hear, you know, if you have any additional thoughts on that, like how it can give back, because these trees here in particular, I'm thinking a lot about Hawthorne trees. They're just amazing. And they're so, like in August, I have just like, baskets and baskets full of berries and it is it makes winnega for the rest of the year and like how could I ever return that you know because it's so beautiful and it's literally like quite literally strengthening our hearts the Hawthorne right and so one thing I did this winter was to go and feed the birds um that were a bit cold and then the other thing I can think of is litter picking I do sometimes here because I don't know why but <laughs> there's a lot of litter in, the, in these woods at the moment um but yeah I think I think there's different ways that are super important for us to think about how we can stay in touch with the plants in winter it's a really good question yeah I'm I'm really feeling that I mean just because even being here in this different landscape and really starting to connect with the plants of this landscape and and as an herbalist like obviously like I want to touch the plant I want to like make medicine with the plant but at the same time like I'm really trying to boundary myself from um from like using the plant in a way without its permission I guess is the best way to put it and so I haven't made I've only made one thing since I got here I made a flower essence with bougainvillea because bougainvilleas are like everywhere here and so it didn't feel to me like it was um intruding on the on the health of the plant by me um taking some flowers and, and giving an offering to the plant when I was doing that. It wasn't just like me just taking flowers. But whereas when I go hiking in the desert and there's all these wonderful trails that I've been going on, obviously some of them are on protected land. So I would never um, gather anything from those lands, but even other trails that I've been on that aren't protected lands, you know, I've, I've come across plants that I would love to use their medicine, but it just didn't feel right to like take it. And so I was trying to learn how to, um, to receive wisdom and medicine from those plants without actually like taking anything from the plant and really honoring that this is its home and it wants to stay there and everything and instead like giving it water or like sitting and doing meditation with the plant in its natural habitat mm -hmm. and carrying that lesson forward as opposed to actually carrying its leaves or its berries or anything like that forward and so um, that's something that I've just been I've been like working through in my head over the last month and so these thoughts aren't completed but they're just they're in process. Yeah that sounds amazing and I, I've been thinking a lot about that too. If anyone is interested to learn more about this um, sitting and meditating with plants one book that I'm reading at the moment that really inspires me in that direction is um, Plant Spirit Healing by Pam Montgomery. Really great book yeah and she's talking a lot about just sitting with plants and making that connection and then and then being able later on in life in situations where you feel you need the spirit of that particular plant to be really able to reconnect in meditation again I feel that's really helpful yeah 
I did this super awesome thing a couple weeks ago. I know I'm like, I'm so excited. I move my hands a lot when I'm excited. Um, I did this super cool thing a couple weeks ago. There's an herbalist here based out of um, Joshua Tree. I think her name on Instagram is Snake Root Apothecary. I can send it to you and you can link to it. But um, she's doing this project where it's like creating this desert plant medica materia where um, through plant walk meditations. And so you, you go and you like hike to where the plant is and then you sit all around it and she guides us through a meditation. And then at the end of the meditation, um, there are uh, paper and pens and colored pencils and crayons and you can like draw or write or whatever you want and then she's actually collecting all of those and combining them into like a, a book or a zine of some sort and but it's without actually like necessarily taking the herb internally or like learning about it first it's really just connecting with the energy of the plant and then making your own interpretations and then um, we talk we'll like share afterwards and it's so amazing how like the similarities and the threads that get woven between all of us that like it's one collective experience and um i did a i did one with her earlier this month on desert lavender which is different than regular lavender and it was really interesting because like i had a really cool experience and had a really interesting visual of like an eye like an elder person's like eye and there were like three other people that had eyes come up in like their drawings and it was just a really interesting um experience so i think that there's lots of ways to work with herbs and they don't just have to be used as like taken internally or as like a quote-unquote fix because so often herbalism is kind of turned into this like alternative form of prescription medication like oh I don't want to take statins so I'm going to take Reggie's rice or you know I don't want to take my anxiety drugs so I'm going to um, you know take a nervine tonic instead but it's like it's it's not just a one for one it's a, it's a different way of working with herbs and so I think that's important yeah it really is and I always I'm always conflicted between feeling like okay so this kind of this use that you're describing of plants where we're just thinking about like, what does my body need? And like, where's the fixed? How can I put it in my body? I think for many people, maybe that's a gateway because we're so conditioned to believe that this is how healing works. And then part of me is like, you know, cool. If, if that's an easy way in, that's probably fine. And another part of me is like, no, let's smash all that. Like <laughs> we need to have a revolution and connect with plants and like really, facilitate this mutual healing in relationship with each other um but then I'm a bit worried that people would just think of me as a weird hippie and not even try it you know I think that um as growing up as a like kind of not kind of like a growing up as a very um angry DIY riot girl punk kid and I was always just like fucking hippies like I would say all the time like fucking hippies and now like I am that fucking hippie and I <laughs> embrace it and I enjoy it and I can shout it from the rooftops that I can be both a like a punk kid and a fucking hippie and be okay with it yes that is wonderful <laughs> <laughs> I've been really trying to like embrace the and as opposed yeah. to the either or so like in everything like in my identity in my business in my health like really trying to um avoid using either or language and especially using the word but i'm really trying to check myself and all of my writing and all of my speaking of like where i use the word but and really trying trying to change it and change it into and because it doesn't have to be but it, it can be and or you can just add a t and we can all talk about our butts more that's exciting <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I agree. That's amazing. I would love to, since you're talking about being a punk, um, I would love to take a step back and hear a little bit more about how you initially came to healing. So I know acupuncture is a really big love of yours. You really love plants. We're both really excited about, about breathwork as well. And it's so beautiful to see how you're weaving these things together. So I would love to hear kind of what your first love was and how you how that door opened for you yeah um so that can get to be a very long story so i'm going to try to give you like the most condensed version possible while still having it be applicable um i grew up not really connected to plants at all i was not a very nature kid um i was artistic but i, I was not in tune with the natural world or my body really at all mm -hmm. um 
And then when I turned 21, I got incredibly sick. I got the kind of sick where you have to move away from where you're living and move back in with your parents because you can't hold a job and you can't um, be away from a bathroom for more than 10 minutes sort of sick and ended up at the Mayo Clinic, which here in the United States is, is one of the most like well-renowned um, medical clinics and it is very close to where my parents lived. So I went to the Mayo Clinic, was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called Crohn's disease and really was disheartened by the Western medical community and how um, I was living with a digestive disease and they didn't really seem to care at all about what I was putting into my digestive system. And that seemed really fucked up to me. Didn't make any sense. And so um, this long and winding path really started there. And that was the inspiration for me to really get interested in food and interested in herbs. And, and this kind of started this waterfall pattern where one thing would lead to the next. And while I will say that I deeply respect and honor and love acupuncture, and I'm so happy that I have those, um, that knowledge now and that skill, it is not my first love. You know, I would say that food and plants are my first love. And because I, as many of us, grew up in this patriarchal, like, corporate world, I didn't feel like I could be an herbalist without going through a, a specific schooling program that had a title at the end and had, like, a licensure at the end. And so, really, I found acupuncture because I wanted to learn more about herbs, and the best way that I found to do that where I was living was through an acupuncture and herbalism master's degree program. Um, and so really going into that program, I'd only had acupuncture a handful of times myself, found it really helpful and amazing, but it was the plants that got me into that program. And um, through that program, well, and actually before that, I was able to heal my body using plants, using lifestyle modifications, using acupuncture, using all the tools that I slowly acquired over 10 years in education and in working in natural health care. Um, and now, now I can like graciously and gratefully say that I have been pharmaceutical free for, gosh, I think like eight years now, eight or nine years. Um, I'm the healthiest I've ever been. Um, and, but after after basically quote unquote, I want to say this like totally with quotes around it after quote unquote healing myself. Cause really I felt like I helped healed my physical body. I still realized that there was a lot of emotional healing that needed to happen. And I knew that if I didn't address that emotional healing, um, the physical benefits that I had found and like created over the years, were going to get erased. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of when I started working more and um, doing more training around coaching um, and the psychology around coaching also then found breath work um, through Aaron and that's how you and I met like you mentioned earlier and and really started using um, some self-care practices like tarot and breath work and meditation to have a different level of healing than I had with my physical body and so each time that I learn a new skill and bring something new into my toolbox and have this another like you know, onion peeling layer of healing in my own life, I'm so grateful that I'm able to like bring that to my clients as well, because they've been along this journey the whole time. You know, like when I first started my business, I was like, all right, I'm an acupuncturist and I'm an herbalist and I'm putting my shingle out there and like, come work with me. And then, you know, and then I start incorporating more essential oils and then I start incorporating, you know, different plants and, and a wider variety and flower essences and then tarot and, and this and that. And so it's, it's been this really like winding, spiralic sort of road, but I'm so grateful that it has been that way because I don't think I would have been able to go from like zero to where I am now in a straight line because that would have felt um, bombastic. It would have felt way too weird. And this winding road has allowed me to like get there in a way that feels really like natural for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. I can so relate to the spiral, spiral aspect of that journey. <laughs> um, I would also love to hear a little bit more. So you briefly touched on this already, but I would love to hear a little bit more 
about how your business has evolved because you know like like you said like being really excited about something and then qualifying and then putting your little sign up is such a it sounds so simple when you say it like that but really it's such a big journey and I would love to hear how your vision for your business has changed over time and what you're most excited about right now and yeah tell us everything yeah so like I said when I first started I was just doing you know kind of your traditional acupuncture clinic where I was doing acupuncture cupping herbs the whole bit it was great I felt so grateful and lucky that I already had a really strong community where I was living. I had a community in the art world, in the music world, in the bicycling world, and all of this with the, in the punk world, like it all came together. So I really felt supported when I first opened my business and felt like I was a quote unquote success, like from the beginning point, you know, um, and that felt really good, but then it felt like something was kind of missing. Um, when, when you're in acupuncture school, you learn so much beautiful medicine which does not include marketing whatsoever. <laughs> so you graduate knowing a whole lot about health and almost nothing about business. So pretty soon after I graduated, I decided um, I'm a Capricorn rising. So I like really like to do business and like I can be very, um, I like to move forward. And so um, I started learning a lot on my own. So, you know, listening to podcasts and reading blogs and like taking online courses and stuff. And it was awesome. I learned a lot. And as part of that journey, I realized that there were all these business bosses out there that were hustling, like to the point of of not getting any sleep and to the point of having adrenal fatigue and to the point of like sending themselves to the hospital with pneumonia. And I thought that this was wild and insane. And I really wanted to put the message out there of how important our health is when, um, if we want to have a successful business. And so um, from there, I really got interested in focusing my work with creative business owners and helping them, um, I don't want to say necessarily like balance their life and their business because I don't think that there is like a perfect, mm -hmm. you know, balancing point. I think it's about blending. I think it's about allowing that teeter-totter to like, to move in a gentle way. Um, and, and through that, talking about self-care and I don't know, this is such a, like a random, like long spiral of the way of doing it. But um, as I got interested in working with business owners more and more, it, it was obvious to me that some of the people that were struggling the most, most in their health um, were also people that like on the outside had really quote unquote successful businesses, but were struggling on the inside because their businesses weren't necessarily like aligning with what they wanted it to feel like. And so even though they were like making lots of money, it was draining their energetic sources the whole time because it wasn't in alignment with like who they felt they were. And so then I started um, really kind of focusing my work on integrating everything together. So what I currently do in my business um, are two things. I run an acupuncture clinic still in Minnesota. I have a business partner. She's my work wife and she's the best. And we have fabulous employees and we have fabulous clients. And I love it because it is its own entity and it allows me the freedom to do my own thing and get really like wild and weird and experimental with what I do. So what I do now is specifically work with um, creative business owners, helping them um, in their mind, body and business. And so I do that through uh, coaching using the influence of tarot and then integrating it with breath work because breath work is the thing that just like moves the mountains. Like it just moves energy faster and more powerfully than anything I've ever seen before. Like my very first breath work experience, I almost got so distracted during it because I was feeling energy moving up in my body in a way that I never felt it in acupuncture. I never felt it in Reiki. I never felt it in any other energetic modality. And it was blowing my mind. And so um, I include breath work in all of my sessions now because I feel like it is the cleanup crew that like just moves through all the gunk that we're always trying to like release around the dark moon and it does it just way faster and more efficiently than any other time and and it allows the messages from the tarot and it allows the messages from our inner knowing to really 
have a place to settle. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I literally have nothing to add to that. That's such a beautiful description of the magic that is breathwork. Yeah. I would love to hear a little bit more like in practice and detail what you're offering and how you're doing that work with people. So I know you were in a retreat and you have some online offerings and I would love to hear um, kind of how these evolved and what your, your thoughts and feelings around them are. Yeah. So right now I basically have three things that I do in my solo business. I have one-on-one -on -one sessions, which are 90 minutes long. And like I said, it's um, a combination of coaching infused with tarot. So it's not necessarily what I would call like a tarot reading, but I'm pulling cards as we're doing our coaching session to help um, guide and influence the session and, and to help kind of pull out um, what I like to almost think it is is like it's helping pull out words that my clients don't actually know how to express like yesterday I had a session with somebody and I could see that she had something on the tip of her tongue and she wasn't quite re ready to like explain it and I gave her the opportunity to do so and she was like no I can't I can't express it quite yet and so we pulled a couple cards and I reflected back to her what the cards were saying and she was like yes that's exactly what was on the tip of my tongue and I couldn't say it. and I'm like all right well great this is this is why we're doing it this way it helps us um move forward when we're feeling stuck mm -hmm. so that's um the first about like half hour 45 minutes of the session is coaching with tarot and then and then the client gets to lay down and they get to breathe and i lead them through a breathwork session and nine times out of ten there's tears and there's laughter and there's every emotion under the sun and then um at the end we close out the session and there's always some some sort of support in the container between sessions. I, I do have people that I work with here and there one on one. And then I have people that I do longer term um, engagements with where we'll work together every two or three weeks and we'll do that for several months. And that's usually people that are working through PTSD or working through a big transition in their life or their business and really need that extra layer of support. So that's my one on one sessions. Um, and then I also, in the last couple months, started doing something that I'm really excited about, and it's called Monthly Medicine. And this was my way of, of feeling aligned and good with my pricing. Because my one-on-one -on -one sessions are $200 for a session of 90 minutes. And for some people, they might think that's a lot. Other people, they might not. That's okay. It's what felt right for me. But... Um, but it only felt right for me to do that, but also have something that was more affordable and accessible because while $200 a session um, is what I need for my own health and healing and to not get burnt out in my business, um, I understand that that is, not, uh, that is not available to a lot of people. And as someone that did um, grow up in that like DIY ethic of like $5 punk shows, um, and very still like deeply feel that way in the core of my being. Um, and because breath work is something that like we all have access to it inside of our bodies. Like there is no healing modality more DIY punk than <laughs> breath work. Like you literally don't need anything other than your lungs, which you hopefully were born with. And that is why you are living to do this work. And so it just feels so aligned with that. And so, what this offering is, is it's a monthly subscri subscription. Um, and for X number of dollars a month, which I'll talk about in a second, you receive a breathwork recording that is like intuitively channeled by me. Usually I'll sit down, um, you know, towards the end of the previous month and sit in meditation and see what messages are coming to me and then theme that breathwork recording around whatever energetic influence I'm seeing like the collective is holding. And then it also has um, usually a ritual to go along with it, whether it's a tarot reading for that month or sometimes uh, like a full moon ritual or a new moon ritual or something that's not even like astrologically based whatsoever. It could just be journaling prompts. So it's always a breathwork recording a little extra something something and then we have um a community on facebook to so that people can have more direct access to me and so that my inbox doesn't feel like a, a drag on my own energetic source mm -hmm. um and the way that i chose to price that was um 
$18 a month felt really good for me. It is the, that number reflects to the Hebrew word chai, which means life. And it's a really magical word in um, the Jewish religion. Mm -hmm. And even though I don't practice Judaism, I was born into Judaism. <laughs> My bad. Apologies for that. Um, and so even though I'm not a practicing Jew, I, I do like to take some things from the culture that I was uh, born into, and that's one of them. And then for me, what felt really important was also having a price that was half of that amount that was for um, all populations that have been disadvantaged in some way or another. So it's basically for POC, for LGBTQ, and for um, anyone living with a disability. And so there's no... There's no like, you need to email me and there's X number of slots or anything like that. I just have the discount code for, um, for everybody just listed on the sales page. And, and for those people, it's 50% off. And that's what felt right for me. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I am so excited to speak about ways in which we can make our work more accessible, but also at the same time on our own, our own time and energy. And I think that's been a real journey for me as well to really remember that our hourly rates are just so much more complex than many people would think. You know, it's really not like I, I get 40 hours a week paid and th at that rate, you know, like so not. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And like when I first started my business, um, my acupuncture business, like I had my rates that like that I had and they felt comfortable, but maybe a little bit scary. And then I was giving like hella discounts, like just huge discounts, like any of my friends or people that I went to the gym with or like cycling buddies would be like, oh, you know, this is what you'll pay when you come. And I was just cutting myself off at the legs every minute. But at the same time, it, it grew my practice. It gave me regular um, clients. And then I personally used EFT. Are you familiar with like tapping EFT? So I used EFT to kind of like move some of my own money blocks and, mm -hmm. and this really like big shame and limiting belief that I was holding around like I can't be um, true to like my punk DIY ethics while charging $85 an hour. Like I can't be a punk and charge $85 an hour. Like that's not synonymous. Yeah. And like I mentioned before, where I'm really trying to get out of this either or thinking, I mean, it, that's really where it started. And, and really having to shed some of those layers of shame of being like, well, in order for me to truly live my punk mm -hmm. DIY, like ethos and like my, the beliefs and values I have, it's like when I'm making enough money to live and feel comfortable, then I can spend my money on ethically sourced goods. I can buy my groceries from the farmer down the road. I can buy my meat from the, the farmer down the road where like I know where the cow was brought up as opposed to going to the grocery store down the street where it's like not at all what I want to be spending my money on. And so for me, that was a really big shift in my life of understanding like when I'm supported financially, I can help support other people financially that that need that help. And so um, this is why it feels good for me to have, you know, I have one-on-one -on -one stuff. It is kind of expensive, but it feels right. And then I have this other offering that is incredibly accessible, incredibly affordable. Um, and I don't want it just to be accessible in means of price. I also think it's important to have accessibility in means of like space. So for some people, they don't have transportation. They can't get to a clinic. They don't have internet necessarily to like, like streaming internet to always have online sessions. They don't feel comfortable um, working with another practitioner closely in, with touch. You know, there's lots of different ways that accessibility comes in. And so having this offering that people can um, just have and do from the safety of their own home and it just like felt really right to me to do it that way. Yeah. And I love how technology has enabled us to connect on a deeper level more in a, in a, in a deeper level and also in a much more accessible way. You know, I think when I was a really young teenager, my main kind of access to free resources and what I would have then called self-development was the library. And I still, I mean, libraries are the shit and should be protected like at any cost. 
absolutely. I totally worked in a library for years. Yeah. Like I have deep love for libraries. Yes, totally. Me too. Um, and at the same time, I love that we can have these conversations like we're having now. We can share them with hundreds of people and we can, you know, we can really share these skills that one of us is, is acquiring and really spread it across a whole community. And I think that is so beautiful. And I think as an introvert, I also really resonate with what you're saying that um, access isn't just about money. It's also about space and like our capacity to travel and be in groups and let other people touch us and all that stuff. So that is super exciting. And also something um, I'm sure you, you might feel the same way. <laughs> That's a big assumption. But anyway, I would say what I mean. <laughs> um, I, one of the things I found really healing and like being these communities, um, like we were together in New York or just generally on Instagram, I feel the same. It feels so nourishing to feel that we're not in competition with each other that each of us is bringing something so unique to the table and that we yeah you know like I never imagined it to be like this from the outside when I was in my early 20s and I started dreaming about having my own business I was so in that mindset of thinking like but how is my offering going to be different you know like how how is that going to work? And now I'm like, ooh, <laughs> um, it's so different. And that's can, I, can I share something with you that's like totally along those lines? Okay, so so the, the third thing that I do, which like totally just a side note, the third thing I do is I lead wellness retreats for um, like female and non-binary people. And we just finished one in Joshua Tree, which is like basically why I'm here in California in the first place. But as part of that retreat, um, a friend of mine, Maggie, <clears throat> Maggie Gentry, she led a workshop about healing our business. And part of that was like uncovering our core purpose. And it's this like layered thing where you like, you know, start in one layer and then you really like peel back those onion layers, like to get to the root. And one thing like that totally aligns exactly with what you were just saying is like, I found for me that, um, you know, I wanted to do this because I felt like community is powerful and um, transformational. And because I really, oh, I'm trying to find like exactly what my line was right here. Here, it came down to this. So um, I believe that women and non-binary owned businesses as a collective can overthrow the patriarchy. So I am committing to creating community and fostering relationships between um, business owners. I just happen to do breath work and hold space for them at wellness retreats. Because like when it came, when I was doing this whole worksheet and going down, I basically came to the conclusion that if we just stopped comparing and um, like, confronting and worrying and judging each other and actually supported each other in business, then the patriarchy would not be able to hold us down or against each other anymore. And that community isn't just about friendship and like, quote unquote, sisterhood. It's really about changing the way that society works. And so like, basically, I, I walked out of that and I was like, all I want to do is hold space for people to like lift everybody up. Like I just was so energized by that workshop. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. I would I would love to illustrate that in one way that comes to mind that's also reflected in what you're doing with this online offering is like when um other people when I started um offering online courses and I also really you know was really started talking about the fact that when I work with someone on a website I always teach them how to manage their own website afterwards. They don't want to create this codependent relationship where they have to come back to me to do stupid, stupid little updates. And I really think that technology has advanced to a point where not everyone might enjoy creating their own website and that's cool and then they can hire me, but everyone can manage and update their own website and it's really easy to learn. And, and I think really when you think about that, that's so radical. Like my grandparents were like, oh my God, like you're, you're really turning away work but not offering monthly retainers of managing your client's website. And I was like, no, I can teach this stuff and I can share freely what I know. And there will still be people who'd be like, yeah, this is interesting, but I want to hire someone, you know? A hundred percent. It's the same with the digital offerings that are lower priced and the one-on-one -on -one work that we offer in the healing space. Both these things are so beautiful and they will just be right for different people at different times. And totally. Yeah. I mean, I completely 100% agree. And like for me, the, 
the like quote unquote opt-in thing that I have on my website to like opt into my newsletter list is a free seven day breathwork course. Um, or like a breathwork challenge, you could say it is. And basically what it is, is like you get an email every day for seven days with like a link to a little Spotify playlist. And on the first day you have a video of me teaching you how to do the breath. And like, there's always a journaling prompt and like a little lesson involved. And, and some people are like, okay, well, you basically just like taught us how to do this and gave us playlists. So, so like, why do we need you? I'm like, you don't. Like you have the breath. Like you don't technically need me. Like my, my clients hire me because they they trust in me as a coach to give them the support that they need when they're moving through things and to give them the perspective that they need in reflecting their own, their own thoughts and statements back to them. And, um, and I will say that sometimes to get really deep into breath work, it is really powerful to have someone leading through. Like I, I do my own sessions um, for like maybe shorter daily or weekly sessions. But when I am going through a tough time myself, like I have people that I get breath work from, like I'll hire Aaron or I'll do a trade with a friend that I did a training with, you know, like I, I don't do it by myself either. And so, um, but when it comes down to it, like, yeah, you have the breath, like you don't need me. Mm -hmm. This is about empowering other people to do their own healing. This is not about like, me fixing you because that was really the other problem that I have with acupuncture is that clients were coming in and wanting me to fix them. And I am not a fixer. I am not Olivia Pope. I am not just going to fix you. This, you take part in your healing. Like I want you to have a say in it. I want you to feel empowered by it. Um, my whole healing journey came from the fact that I didn't feel like the fixers out there were fixing me and I had to step up and fix myself. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I really actually would love to not end this conversation here, but it is also a beautiful note to end. And I want to respect people's attention span and your time as well. But before we go, and we might just talk again, right? I actually am at the moment thinking about making this podcast a weekly thing because I have so many interviews lined up ready to go out really and and so maybe I just need to kick my ass into gear and make this more regular but you were gonna and, say and I'm also kicking my ass back into gear because I also have a podcast that's been on hiatus for like the last eight months um and I am in the process of getting it back going and I really want you to be on my podcast so we're totally gonna have another conversation soon Fantastic. that is amazing great I can't wait for that um but before we go um tell us where people can find you if they want to know more yeah so you can find me both um on instagram and on my website it's just amy koretsky so um you can find that really easily and then if you want to listen to my podcast it's called health fuels hustle and the last season which is a little bit old now but it has some pretty great interviews actually with a couple people that you've even interviewed on your podcast like sarah godestiner so you can find that on itunes Cool. And I feel that is timeless content, isn't it? Really? Yeah, totally. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time and everything that you shared. I love talking to you and I'm really excited to share this uh, conversation very soon. <laughs> oh, thank you, Yaro. I love you. You're great. <laughs> I love you too. Bye. <laughs>